Uh, I'm going to be starting uh, a new series this morning, That's Better. Uh, I want to show you kind of a, a, a picture to open, and it's an illustration. Some of you younger folks probably won't even know what this picture is, but believe it or not, uh, for those of you who are a little bit younger, these are actually grass trimmers that we used to use to trim the grass in our yards. In fact, when I started mowing grass at the age of 11 in our mobile home park, I actually used a pair of trimmers like that. Now, they worked, but I had 33 different customers when I started mowing grass, and it takes a long time to trim around a mobile home using those grass trimmers. I did not like them at all. But every single one of my customers wanted their grass trim that grew up alongside of the skirting of their mobile home. And it took a good half hour or an hour per yard. And those, those mobile home lots were so small, it almost took as long to trim as it actually did to mow the entire yard. And I can remember the day that I walked into the local hardware store and I saw a box that was green and yellow. And on the side of it, it said, weed eater. <laughs> and it was one of these. And I can't remember what that thing cost back then, but it was worth every single penny I paid for it because it saved me hours and a ton of blisters. It only took 10 minutes what used to take me an hour per yard to do. That was just better. Now, I know it's only November, but I want to ask you a question. How many of you hope 2017 is better than 2016? If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to I'm going to raise both hands, yeah, because like with my wife's health and everything, like I, I just really hope 2017 is, is better. Now, you'd kind of be like, there'd be something wrong with you if you didn't want 2017 to be better, right? I mean, maybe, maybe if you didn't raise your hand, maybe you hit the lottery or something this year. I don't know what it is. But nobody that, that I know has ever said, wow. I hope next year has some more challenges in it because this year was just way too easy. Um, but tragically, some people's highest goal, their, their greatest desire, is simply just to have it easy. They, they want the good life. They want the American dream. N nice home, nice cars, plenty of money, couple vacations a year. And honestly, and truly, there is nothing wrong with any of those things, as long as God has your whole heart. A good place to start assessing that is whether or not maybe you, you tithe. Now, if you don't, I'm not, I'm not here to beat you up with that this morning, but I want to say this. At least be honest with God. T tell God if you're not tithing. God, hey, I just love money or nice things or vacations more than your word. Just, just be honest with him. Because, and here's why. If you're honest, God can work with that. If you're deceiving yourself, nothing will ever change. 
You see, the tragic part comes when people settle for things when God wants to give them something better. And I think that's a life lesson all of us need to learn. Sometimes you have to let go of something good, if you're taking notes, for something that's better. Those old trimmers that I used at 11 year old, they, they were good. They worked well, they were well made. But there was something better out there. And it was in a box that said, weed eater. The same thing can be true with our spiritual lives. Sometimes we have to let go of something that's good for something that's best that God has in store for us, something that's better. And what I wanna do in this series is look at some verses in the Bible that actually describe something as being better. And we're gonna memorize some verses together as a congregation. And we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it in church so there's no homework uh, like last week. Uh, for those of you who are continuing to meet in your connect groups, well, that's just better yet. Uh, Pastor Josh is going to be making some questions around these messages uh, for you leaders. If you didn't get in a connect group this round, this sign-up season, we're gonna be starting new groups in January, and you can sign up there. Uh, you can also indicate on your connect card that you're interested in a group, and we'll put you on the list for January. A small group is just a great place to learn how to live the lessons we're talking about on Sunday morning uh, in the context of relationships during the week. So let me give you the context for our uh, memory verse this morning. It comes from Psalm 84, and the context is this, and this is verse one. It's, it's not our memory verse. Uh, the psalmist writes, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now, if you're not that familiar with the Old Testament, all those books that were written uh, about Jesus before he actually got here, when those Old Testament books talk about the courts of the Lord, they're actually talking about like a physical place in the temple courts in Jerusalem. And it was where God's spirit dwelled. So what the psalmist is really saying is, I, I wanna be as close to God as I can physically get. And the place I long to dwell is close to him, and the closest I can get is the temple courts. And I, I want that so bad, I'm so desperate, like I ache inside to be that close to God. And now we're gonna jump down to verse 10, which is our memory verse. Let me read it for you. It says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I wanna say that together. Uh, ready? Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Very good, one more time. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Okay, one more time without it on the screen, we'll see if we can do it. 
Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Very good. You're awesome. Uh, That's Psalm 8410, if you want to look it up uh, this week. The the problem is that, that many people don't really mean what that verse expresses. They, they don't feel that way about the presence of God. A lot of people don't feel that way about spending time in his presence or even coming to church. People will say, well, why do I wanna wake up early in the morning and, and pray and be in God's presence? Why do I wanna lose sleep on Sunday morning and come to church? Why would, why would I wanna sit and hear some preacher talk? Why do I wanna get up and, and read scripture? Besides, many people say the church is just full of a bunch of judgmental, hypocritical people, and I don't want to be around them anyway. I'd rather be around a bunch of fun, party people. And honestly, there's, there's something to be said for that. Like, sin is fun for a time. If it wasn't fun for you, then you probably weren't doing it right. Um, but sin is only fun for a season. After a while, it will kick your butt in some way, shape, or form. How many of you know what I'm talking about personally? It's only fun for a season. Okay, now, if you're under the age of like 20, look around, because like those of us who are adults, we, we want you, younger people, to be smarter than we were. We want you to take our advice. God's way, that's just better. Uh, I've heard it said that sin is kind of like a sneeze. It feels good coming out, but then there's snot everywhere. It just makes a mess. You know, it's good on one, in one way, but then it's just like ugly in another. But how, how do we live God's way that's just better? I want to share a couple with you. The word says that his love is better than life. Your sins are forgiven. You are now seen as righteous through faith. You have been adopted into the family of God. His joy is unspeakable. His peace passes understanding. You can go right into the presence of God, into his courts, and speak to him as a father and a friend. Not only that, God has planned a purpose for your life. If you're a Christian, the spirit dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that kind of power lives in you. God will be your provider, your protector, your counselor. That's better than going it alone. Somebody should probably say amen before some rock does. Now, I'm going to say this. That does not mean that you will not have trials. Just because God's way is better, and anyone that has been a Christian longer than five minutes will say amen to that too, because in this life, Jesus said, you will have trouble. But those, for, those who long for him and know his presence, know his peace and his rest, and know that he will never leave us or forsake us. So the question is, how do you dwell in the Lord's presence continually today? 
The, the courts of the temple aren't even there anymore, so it's not like we can head to Jerusalem. Thankfully, Jesus made a better way. Jesus made a way that's better than hanging out in the temple courts. He made a way so that we can be with God all the time. We're gonna look at Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. So, so whatever you do, whether you're driving to work or texting your mom, not while driving to work, um, whether you're going to the store, doing your homework, taking a test, practicing a sport, talking to a friend, you can do that all in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do, that's possible because all of life can be lived in the spirit. But, but how does that really become a reality? Now, I don't know about you, but like, I get really, really distracted. When, when I sit down to pray, I remember 10 other things that, that I have to do. When, when I sit down to read the Bible, you know, my coffee needs heated up. So I, I get up and, and heat my coffee up. How do you get to the point where everything you do is done in the name of Jesus? Well, this morning, let Mr. ADD Preacher give you three tips and encourage you to try them. Number one, develop the habit of saying micro prayers. And I, I thought I made that term up, and then I Googled it, and it was already a term. I was so, so disappointed. Um, see, that's, that's the ADD part of me, just rabbit trail. Anyway, um, a micro prayer is just communicating with God in brief moments all day long. Thanks, Lord, for the beautiful day. Be with so-and-so today who's going through a hard time. Thank you for coffee. I pray that prayer many times a day. Be with me as I, I take this test in school. Help me understand your will because I'm not sure what I should do. Can, can you, God, help me to communicate with so-and-so your love? Some people who, who pray even do that on their commute, and, and they just do these micro prayers. And they imagine someone, Jesus, sitting next to them on their commute, which doesn't look as strange now with Bluetooth technology as it used to, I'm sure. But you can pray those micro prayers. Lord, help, help me show somebody Jesus. Li help my kids live for you. Help Brady recover from his cancer surgery. It's a way to communicate with God all the time without having to hold still and lock down in a room and pray. Those of us who don't hold still well find it difficult to do that. Get in the habit of praying micro prayers. We looked at this verse last week, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continuously, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The only way that's possible for me is to do that in little moments all day long. And in a way, it's, it's kind of like texting. How many of you all throughout the day send different texts to people and communicate? It's not like you're all day in the phone, but you communicate with people all day long 
via text. Anybody? A couple. A couple of you are like, do I, do I want to admit that in church? How many of you take your phone into the bathroom? Okay, there's going to be a counselor outside after church today. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, but communicating with God can kind of be like those brief little snippets, where, where, like when you text. Just continuously talking to the Father about what's going on, expressing thanks, expressing love, concern, asking him to be involved in your life, in the lives of your kids. Micro prayers is a way that you can do that. If you're like me, I can, I can only sit so long. Uh, Daphne, my assistant, uh, is probably used to me saying, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna make a phone call and I come in here because I don't sit still well. And I, if, if I've called you during daylight hours at church here, I'm doing laps in the sanctuary. <laughs> and, I, and I'm praying for you and talking while I'm doing circles because that's just the way I, I can't hold still that long. Switch to micro prayers. Number two, develop the habit of instant obedience. <laughs> because if you're like me, you'll forget or you'll get distracted. Galatians 5.25 says this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keeping in step with the Spirit will keep you in God's presence all day long. And if you're saying micro prayers and communicating with God, he's gonna communicate with you. If you're reading the word, he's gonna point truths out to you. He's gonna bring people to mind that he wants you to pray for. Someone's gonna come up to you and say, hey, would you pray for? Uh, I have tried to get into the habit, when that happens to me, of praying right then. It's not that God's not gonna bring you back to my mind later, but because I struggle with the tension, there's a possibility that I will forget. So I'm gonna take the opportunity and pray right then. When Lisa was really sick a few months ago, there was actually a person in this congregation who did that for me, and it meant a lot for me. It really blessed me because usually the shoe's on the other foot, right? I mean, I'm usually the one praying for people. And I ran into her at Walmart when I was grocery shopping late one night, and, and I am not a big fan of grocery shopping. I mean, I, I would rather grocery shop than maybe go to a pet store and look at cats, but <laughs> it's, it's not really high on, on my priority or my things that I really like to do. But I was tired, I was stressed, and I was grocery shopping. And I ran into Vicki Hurley, who many of you know as Boots at Walmart. And she asked how Lisa was doing. And then she said, you know what? Let me pray for you right now. And in the middle of Walmart, we closed our eyes, held hands, and had a prayer. That kind of instant obedience comes from staying in step with the Spirit. It comes from communicating with God all the time. And it was, it was a special moment for me, not only because I felt the love of God and his peace in that moment, but it also affirmed in my spirit that you all, the people of New Stanton Church, are out there showing people Jesus. And that's significant. That means a great deal to me. So to dwell in God's courts, to be in his presence, get in the habit of praying those micro prayers. And then get in the habit, if God leads, obey 
instantly so you don't forget or, or get distracted. And number three, develop the habit of daily dependence on God. If you communicate regularly with God and say those micro prayers, if you, if you spend some time in his word, if you get in the habit of that instant obedience, you will develop this sense of longing that the psalmist talks about, of being in God's presence, and you will depend on him as if it's the air you breathe. He longs to be your everything. I don't know when the last time you prayed a prayer like the psalmist prayed. My soul aches for you, God. But I'm gonna guess it was a time when you were absolutely desperate to see God work. And it is in those moments that it is just crystal clear to everyone, sometimes even people who aren't Christians, that God's way is just better. It's in those moments when we long to know his will. It's in those moments when we want to see his plan. It's in those moments when we want to receive his healing. And if you're in constant communication, praying those micro prayers, reading the word, obeying instantly, you will develop a dependence and a desperation for God, and he will never, ever let you down because you can depend on him in all things and in all ways. He is just that faithful, and his ways are just better. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. We all need him. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Would you pray with me? God, we don't wanna settle just for the good life. We wanna settle for the life that you have in store for us because God, we trust that it's just better. And God, if, if there is any way that we have been letting the good life compete with the life you have for us, we confess it, God, because God, in those times of desperation, we just need you. Every hour, God, we need you. And Jesus, help us to develop these habits so that we don't get distracted by the things in life. Help us to, to pray micro prayers and communicate with you continuously. Help us, when you speak, God, to obey instantly. And God, if we're that close to your courts, we will develop the spirit of desperation and dependence on you. And God, you will meet us in all things because God, you are faithful. And all God's people said, amen.